listening to the Uloft Podcast, presented by United IUP, a community of college students and young adults in Indiana, Pennsylvania, who are dedicated to unite with each other and Christ to change the world around us. We hope that this podcast raises questions and answers others, while ultimately starting a conversation to discover unifying biblical truth in this chaotic world. A stale donut is in fact still, still a stale donut. I mean a donut. A stale donut is in fact a donut. You really butchered that. You <laughs> yeah. were very excited so for confident. this intro. Because then... I missed, no, I missed still. I said steel. Yeah, that was very Texan of you. I know. In, in, the <laughs> end, in the end, his accent got him. Okay, time out. Restart. Not really, but pretend I, like you didn't hear the last 30 seconds. All right, go. A stale donut is still in fact a donut indeed yeah in all the wrong ways though like it still has the same in amount case of calories you were having a metaphysical like catastrophe about your ideas of what constitutes a good donut still donuts still count it's at an, least according to kendall it's no longer delicious it's all it's all expense i don't know man. it's all sacrifice this has this a point. good quarter inch of maple icing on it i remember one really of my <laughs> one of my favorite things about living in the south was like deep southern accents uh with very particular words mm, like uh, steel like steel or tin and it's like are you talking about metals or numbers I'm i can't not quite tell at the deep southern accent and uh i don't know the difference between lighter and ladder in, in the south cuz they're the same word ladder. ladder a ladder a ladder mm-hmm. and it's like what are you saying <laughs> i don't know oh and the other one that when i worked at this little tiny country congregation in north carolina uh, for a summer um one of my favorite things is they would say that you may I'm feeling ill right mm-hmm. now. And by ill, they didn't mean sick. They meant angry. Like, you mm-hmm. make me ill. And I'm like, that. we we have a word for that. It's angry. Just y- use the right word. Why are we doing this? Did they ever use the phrase, um, after the devil beats his wife? I did hear that once or twice, yeah. Okay, have you ever heard that, Michael? No, what does that mean? So, it's not great. <laughs> well, no, it's not that. It's actually a weather phenomenon um, that it's when it rains as it is sunny sunny outside yeah, yeah that is after the devil beats his wife yeah oh. my uh the analogy breaks down in my mind i don't understand it's oh okay. yeah it, it doesn't make no, no sense at all but that's just what it is um they also there i think this was a result of like um the market crash back in 29 and 30 1929 and 30 um when uh I have to imagine this was the case because I can't imagine eating this otherwise. Um, the the thing that everybody ate there that was just like, this is what you do. Everybody likes these. Uh, and it's cheap and it's easy. Were banana and mayonnaise sandwiches. Everybody ate those. And they're like, do you want one? And I was like, absolutely not. I do not want one of those. And they're like, it's delicious. I said, no, it's not. Uh, I don't even need record, to eat it to know no that No one it's- in Texas eats that crap. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it was I think it was purely like this western North Carolina town uh, and it's a result of the Great Depression because my hunches because uh, they're all farmers they could make mayonnaise pretty easily mm-hmm. and maybe bananas were cheap, I don't know. Yeah, that uh, puts the depress in depression. It oh, certainly dude. does. Can you um, imagine losing all your money in the stock market then you got to eat this bananas mayonnaise sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. You're, you're, you're the provider of your house. Here, honey, have a banana yeah. and mayonnaise sandwich. Oh, man. Yeah, the other day. So- imagine, wait, imagine this. So it's a blue line 
County, right? Mm-hmm. At that point in time, nobody's drinking. You're coming home from a long day's work and you get offered a banana and mayonnaise sandwich and you're like, I want nothing more than to drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't. <laughs> Dude, I was telling... Not for the uh, record, we're not con- uh, was, saying you should drink after a long yeah, day's work to cope drink, with uh, bad Dr. work. Drink Dr. Pepper but, Zero. That's yeah, what you should drink. Sure. Um, I was telling Michael the other day, <laughs> I can't remember what context it was in, but I was shouting it. And I don't remember why specifically, but I was like... You do just shout sometimes. I do. I was like, 2020 isn't even in the top five worst years of all time. (laughs) And we're acting like it's the worst year ever. That's true. And I said, 2020 is not even the top five worst years of America, much less the whole world. Yeah. And so we were talking about like the Great Depression and World War One and World War II and Vietnam. And like we were just going through all these things. I was like, I don't even know if it makes a top 10. No, probably not. So. Now, what is categorically the worst year? I think it's like 569 or something like that. <laughs> Some random. I actually don't know. I'm hey, interested. Siri. <laughs> What's the worst year in you in history? Uh-huh. <laughs> or she gives you your birth date. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. That'd be rough. It didn't give me any good answers. 1989. <laughs> 1994. Caleb Hugate was born. <laughs> oh, wow. So. <laughs> what are we talking about? At some today? point, we have a question to get into. Indeed. Yeah. 536, the worst year to be alive. There you go. This is officially the final question from the Sex Ed series. And the question... Unless we come up with more ourselves. Yeah, unless we have We're good at that. One. Yeah, well, there's always the possibility. The question submitted by one of our faithful attendees of United is, how do you support a gay relative? So I think the first thing we need to do is define the word... Now, we can't ask this person, but define the word support, right? So what does support mean, first of all? Which the question is kind of alluding to that anyways, like how do you support? But I think like to me, I feel like they have something already in mind of what their support looks like. So I'd say let's break down the question from there just because – you know, support can look like a a, a number of things. Are they saying how do you affirm a relative? Um, are they saying, how do you love a relative that is in this lifestyle? Are they saying, how do you point them to Jesus while also loving them? Are, you know, what are they, are they saying that, do you support them by helping them find, uh, you know, someone on whatever Tinder or something like there's a whole bunch of different support levels. Right. And I think we need to talk through what that might look like. So, which a good place to start is probably like what did Jesus do with uh, how did he care for and love people who were, you know, horrible, wretched sinners in any capacity, right? And there's probably some good stories that um, we could probably point to um, that the the first one, a couple that come to mind are like the woman caught in adultery, um, the woman at the well. Um, what are some other ones that we could use? I think that it's the crucial first step here. Who's the who's the tax collector dude? Zacchaeus. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say the wee little man. <laughs> well, the question is, was he the little, little man? Was he? There's a there's a, see there's fun, okay totally off topic fun fascinating no Greek uh, thing about this. So in the Greek, it is very unclear whether or not Zacchaeus was short or if Jesus was short. 
Mm. Right? Did he climb the tree because he was short and couldn't see over the crowd, or did he climb the tree because Jesus was so short and couldn't see, and he couldn't see over the crowd if, because if, Jesus oh, was short? Now, I actually <laughs> think <laughs> I actually think Jesus is short because the Isaiah passage oh. that talks about Jesus being so unrecognizable, not pleasant to the eye, like to be tall would have been pretty significant, right? He, he doesn't stand mm. out in any way, and being short kind of helps with that. So mm -hmm. it's the, interesting too because Saul was tall. King Saul, yeah. Yeah, and he was, was known and he was given notoriety because of his height. Yeah, huh. So and that's, that's almost Greek... like a reverse of the kingdom values. <clears throat> Indeed. Right? Yeah. So the the Greek doesn't actually make clear who it is, and I think it, Jesus so might have been strong short. white blonde Jesus needs to be replaced with Middle Eastern midget Jesus. Short Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, that's a bad word. Uh, little sure. people. Sorry. Yeah, he would have been. I mean, I think that like King David would have been probably like five four. So if you're shorter than that, uh, think like five one, five two. Paul Jesus. wasn't particularly imposing either. No, apparently it's quite You know ugly. what we should talk about is how to support <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> we got way off topic. My bad. That was my bad. My bad, everybody. Uh, I just okay. like digging into Greek and so the, Hebrew and it stuff It seems like that. to me that the crucial first step here is to understand that you don't have a gay person. You have a person who practices homosexuality, which is not the same thing. And I think that pulling apart the sin from the identity is the crucial first step. And it's hard to do with people right, sometimes. Right. Who or will... even further, um, you have a person who uh, is sexually attracted to the same sex, right? Because it might not be that they're... It could be a person that has no interest in... They not be, may not be practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could just that, yeah. be... I have a particular feeling towards men or women and I am a man or a woman, right? And it's like, I don't know what to do with that. So how do you support those people? Um, how do you support people who are, you know, practicing mm -hmm. this, are in relationships with men or women if they are, you know, uh, of the same sex, right? And it's like, so those are two different things. Yeah, I think what Michael is saying as far as, you know, the fact that we've got to separate the sin from the person is exactly the way that Jesus, Jesus would, handles it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the way he handles everything. And that's kind of where we were left off on our last podcast too, about like, just, it's a matter of identity. Yeah. <clears throat> like it's an identity crisis that we, that we all can find ourselves in, whether it be a, a homosexual identity or not, like anything that we, uh, elevate above the identity of Christian or anything that we elevate above the identity of uh, one of God's children right. um, is is a sin, like or can't outside be of the identity that God created us. Yes, with. exactly the yeah. way that He created us, like that that is sinful. Um, and so you're right; we have to start there and say, okay, uh, we need to separate that. And yeah. whether or not they're going to look, they meaning the relative, um, the person in your life, the friend, whatever. Um, even if they don't separate that. I think you have to start there. Like, right. so if you're going to support uh, whatever that means for you, particular, which we'll dive into in just a moment. But if you're going to support someone who's who's uh, dealing with this, um, whether they're struggling or not, you have to look at it as a matter of fact that they are a human being, uh, just like you are, that was created for a specific purpose by God to worship Him, to honor Him, to glorify Him, just like you were, and whatever is in the way of that is not their identity. Yeah. You know, like you have, that has to be square one or else you're going to look at them like I've got to fix them. Or you're going to look at them like, oh, what they're doing is fine. And it's, it's, you know, I'm affirming them. And right, neither right. one of those is supportive. No. So. Yeah. And you know, we do this with straight people without even thinking about it. Like we don't you know, imagine you have a heterosexual married couple and the wife is a brunette. We don't treat the guy like, oh, this is the 
the husband of a brunette. You don't. That, that's not his identity. Oh, you, this guy just likes to have <clears throat> sex with brunettes. Like that's not what we. It'd be very bizarre if we did that. Right. Yeah. How weird on its face if we saw that as the first layer of their identity. Right. Uh, we just don't do it. You know, we right. don't go up to someone and say, "Oh, this is uh, <clears throat> this is Jeremiah, the chief masturbator." Like we don't do that. <laughs> wow. Like, okay. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I mean, that's just a, you're that's, not the way it sounded was hilarious. I'm not. <laughs> the, the, you're not wrong. Your right, point sure. is valid. How, how odd. Would... <laughs> Put that on your desk. Put that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody named Jeremiah is gonna friggin' oh, no. hear this at some point. Jeremiah, like, oh. if there's a Jeremiah listening to <laughs> there, this, we're sorry. There was a list of names that were running through my head, and I was like, no, can't use that one. Can't use that one. Can't use that one. And, and so. Jeremiah is what you came yep. up with. Well, oh, if you're wow. Jeremiah out there and you're listening, we don't know anything, and you know, just... we're not calling you out. We <laughs> <No>. promise. <laughs> so. The, the, do we have a Jeremiah that comes to United? So. I don't think so. It has comic value, though, because of how weird it would be yeah. if we treated people this way. But this is actually the way that we treat people who have hom- who practice homosexuality. And yeah. I think that... And I look, I'm not blaming the Christians and the church entirely for this. Some of the responsibility for this is on the movement, the pride movement, for uh, trying to fundamentally... Well, it's literally what you call it. You call it a sexual identity. Right. Like you call it, I identify as like, I mean, like that's what people, yeah, that's what culture has so called it. They have literally called it right. your identity. So I would say it's even more on the culture than it is particularly on the church at this point. I think what probably happened is there was an inflection point where the church looked and pointed fingers at yeah. the the community and said, this is who you are you need to be this, but you are this. And I think that might've been the inflection point that caused the culture to now start to say, yeah, this is the identity. Instead, right, right, and right. like, you know, even the pride movement itself, like we're not gonna hide any longer. We're gonna be proud of who we are, quote unquote. Right. And so I think like that is, in, in order to support someone, you have to first dismantle that mindset. Um, and the only way for you personally to dismantle that mindset in someone else is to live it out yourself, to, to not look at someone as what they, um, as their false identity. Like you don't right. treat them that way. Um, for instance, so there was this guy I had, I might've told this story before, but I worked in, uh, at Costco when I was going through, uh, when I was going through, uh, school, through university, Bible school. And, um, <clears throat> I was working there and it was my senior year and they had known, like everybody there had known, oh, he's going to go be a pastor. Like he's just, they knew I was just working there for a little while. Well, I was in this maintenance department and my manager um, was a gay dude in his fifties. And I knew he was gay. Everybody knew he was gay. He wasn't flamboyant, but he also wasn't hiding. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to hide it. The first day I went from like the front of the store to maintenance I'm in the maintenance closet and this dude comes in and shuts the door and I'm like, okay. Uh, he's like, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can we go into public please? <laughs> yeah. It was odd. Um, <clears throat> and I was like, what, uh, what's up? And he goes, I didn't know what you think about gay people. And I said, why me? Like, why do I need to be the one to tell you what I think? And he goes, well, I heard you're going to be a pastor. And if you're going to work with me, I need to know how you think of me. And I said, I think you are I'm not going to use his name. I think you are Tim, my manager. Like, that's who I think you are right now. And he's like, well, I just want to make sure that you don't think of me as some, you know, uh, some guy that's super sinful and blah, 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 and this and that. And like, you know, he's just saying all the things that he's heard other people in the church right, say. Right, right. I'm like, no. I said, I look at you the same way that I would look at myself in the mirror. 
I suck as a human being. You suck as a human being. Everybody in this store sucks as a human being. Right. Like we are not living up to what we're supposed to be. And that's the way I view you. And I hope that you view me the same way and that we can work together. That doesn't mean I don't like you. I actually do like you. And what's crazy is um, he ended up becoming a really good friend, ended up going to church with me eventually, ended up getting baptized and is now he, you know, he's still, uh, from what I know, at least he's still, he wouldn't identify as being gay. Um, but he would say that instead of living that lifestyle, he's chosen to be celibate yeah. to not get married. So to he's, not, still, he's <clears throat> like still attracted to men, but he's yeah, choosing, but he's not choosing to, to yeah. be celibate instead of, well, you've been, I've, he, cause he was told all his life, like you got to change the way you, you are quote unquote. Yeah. And when you start with the identity of that's not to pat me on the back, that's just a moment of like the grace Let's of just God. Let's be honest. It's like, yeah. Well, horrible. Yeah. Like no that worries. was, that was a open door. Cause he had never heard that before that yeah. I view you the same as I view me when I look in the mirror. Yeah. And so like when you can, I think the reason I brought that up, cause I think that's the best way to destroy that mindset of what someone's identity is. If right. you can put us all on the same boat to some degree because at the end of the day like we are all dust you know yeah. like if we can put oh, good all, ash wednesday reference right there <laughs> we can put all of ourselves in the same boat if we can do that then we have a greater chance of reaching people yeah. of supporting like this question says right, and right. pointing them to what really matters to pointing them to to jesus right and so what happens is uh especially in that relationship um with this guy like i had to be able to to say it in one time but then also act it out, like and right. live it out, and to not treat him. Yeah, you had to live as if you cared. And to for not him. look at him like yeah. he was gay, or not look at him like he was dirty, and I can't go next to him. Like I had conversations with that dude every time, every yeah. time I saw him, and we became good friends. And so, like that is something that I think is super important. Is that right. don't just say it; you got to live that stuff out. And the way you do it is tear down that mindset. Right. Well, and I think a couple of things to go with that, uh, and some wisdom in this. I think. And this has definitely been in the case more, let's say, kind of uh, very conservative churches that have dealt, like, tried to figure this out is a lot of people have taken it upon themselves to tell people that they have no relationship with who might identify as same-sex mm -hmm. attracted that they're sinners and horrible, horrible people. And it's like, it is not our place to do that outside of, a, like you had a relationship with, mm -hmm. we're calling him Tim, right? It would be very, very wrong and peculiar and just weird social interaction if you didn't work at that store and you just walked in one day and you happened to know he was gay and you were like, I think you're a sinner for being gay. Mm -hmm. Like that, <laughs> yeah. how helpful would that be? Like it wouldn't be at all. And it would yeah. do a lot of damage. It's like those relationships that to, to speak the truth and love requires a relationship with the person. You can't speak the truth and show love if you aren't going to have an ongoing continual relationship. You'll just speak the truth, but you yeah. just didn't do any good in the midst of yeah. that. Right. Um, and I think that's really, really important in the midst of this. And, 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 and you know, I, I think, what you did, I'll use the pair, the story of the woman caught in adultery as an example of this. Um, you didn't say what he was doing was right, right? So when when the if you don't know the story, the woman caught in adultery, the religious leaders bring this woman who was caught John in adultery. 8. Yeah, John eight. Um, this woman who was caught in adultery in front of Jesus in order to trap him, because they kind of knew that he'd probably stand up for her, but to do so <coughs> would be to go against the law because. Uh, according to the law, um, people who were caught in adultery um, could be stoned. Now, they didn't actually care. The religious leaders didn't really care about the law because they didn't bring, well, the dude who was caught. They just brought the woman, and they should have brought both, but they didn't. 
Um, and, and they say, well, what should we do with her? The law says we should stone her. Um, and Jesus uh, bends down, writes something in the sand, and he stands up and he says, let uh, the one without sin throw the first stone, right? Um, and they all are leave because none of them fit that category, right? Um, and then he gets up again and says, hey, where is everybody? And she says, they've all left. Um, he says, Does anyone condemn you? And she said, no. And he says, neither do you, but go and sin no more, right? And so he... He recognizes that, yes, she was caught in adultery. Like, she shouldn't have been doing that. He doesn't make light of it. He calls it a sin. Um, but he also isn't the one allowing this condemnation um, from these religious people to say, you know what, you're a horrible, horrible person, and we somehow are better than you, right? And I think, like you were pointing out, I think the church has a bad rap of that. It's mm -hmm. like, you're horrible, and we're better. Yeah. And it's like, that's not true. Even other, if you're saved, that's not true. <clears throat> the other pendulum... The other side of the pendulum, though, is what we see right now with progressive Christianity. And they're saying, we're all in the same boat. We all suck. We all continue in our sin. But, man, there's there's a Savior and there's grace. And so you can continue in your sin, but God's got you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And that's that's the that's other side too. of the pendulum. So you said truth in love. Right. And so— And we, Jesus gives an example yes. where he doesn't allow a stone to be thrown. But— <clears throat> But he also says, tells her, don't sin go no sin more. anymore. Like, you, you have to have both of these things. Yeah. And so if you say, well, we're all in the same boat, and you stop there— Right, you haven't given the you whole haven't, story. You actually haven't spoken love. You haven't right. spoken love. Yeah. Like, you've just spoken a small truth. What were you going to say, Michael? I Half just think truth. that the—I think that the— really the clearest line between when you cross into progressive Christianity and whenever you're in biblical Christianity is uh, when you stop calling the sin a sin. Right. So it's, it's less, it's, it's almost less about uh, go and sin no more. Although that is that that's not, uh, I certainly would not call that unbiblical. Literally Jesus says that. To right. Him. Right. Um, but we've said this thing is no longer a sin. Yeah. Like so therefore the, it's like, you can't sin anymore because it's not a sin. Yeah. Right. We've rewritten what it yeah, is. We circumvent the whole yeah. idea in order to, right. Uh, justify ourselves. Which and, if you, if you were a part of the series that we did on this, my opening line for like the first night of the first week of the series was if we st start rewriting sin, then Jesus Christ died for nothing, right? Because he died for our sins, and if our sins aren't actually sins, then he came to earth, gave up his life, was brutally murdered on a cross for absolutely nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I don't so think God would do that. One of the worst ways, I would say, to bring it back to this question, one of the worst ways to support someone, if you will, that is especially a relative that you love, that you care for, that you want, it, that you want God's best for, we should want that for everybody, but we should definitely should want that for our relatives or our friends. Yeah. Um, if you want that, then one of the least supportive things that you can do is to tell them they're like, they're everything's fine. fine. They're everything's fine. good. Ah, you're good. Like, no big deal. Like, God's got it. He's got you. It's not gonna be a big deal. You know, you can do whatever you want to and his grace covers it. Like, that is one of the least loving things that you can possibly do. It's yeah. like, I've heard it before said in this way. And again, this is not an analogy for someone who uh, has homosexual tendencies or is gay. This is for any sinful action whatsoever, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, it's almost like if someone, you know, if, if I knew that one of my kids was sick, like deathly ill, if I told them, no, you're fine, we don't need to get you any medicine. That would be you're good. Parenting. Yeah, like I would be not loving at all. Like I would want them to know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're deadly ill, but there is a cure for this, and right, right. I want to help you out, and we can 
take on this together and yeah. I'll walk with you, you know. But to say that, no, 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 you're not sick. You're fine. Everything's good. You're good. No worries. It's isn't it a great day? Like <laughs> that's not a that's not a helpful thing. It's no. not a loving thing. And it's the same way with with sinful uh with our sinful nature. Like yeah. if we look at our friends or our family members and we just say, "Oh no, you're not sick. Everything's fine. We're all good." Like yeah. You don't need a cure because you're not sick. Yeah. Then that that is an unloving thing to do right. and therefore not supportive of someone who might be um dealing with with uh with the homosexual nature with with the sinful nature in any in any capacity. Right. Well, and and on top of that, I think it is also important to note that you don't need to bring it up every time you are with said person, mm -hmm. right? If if uh to use your example that you're just using, if every day you came in and reminded your kid, "Hey, you're sick and dying." That mm -hmm. would also not be particularly yeah, that'd loving. Be really rude. <laughs> yeah, that would be like <laughs> Uh, you hey, know. isn't the great the sun's out by the way you're gonna die probably really soon <laughs> why are you laughing son <laughs> yeah wow. like it, I, I, I should have used my kids dying. with this analogy I should have used someone else I don't like thinking about this at all <laughs> it's very dark right so but on the other on that same note it's like yeah we need to make clear what's happening but you wouldn't go about every single day waking up and reminding the person mm -hmm. um, it's like you need to speak the truth and then walk with them through it and they're people are well aware if you are genuine about speaking the truth and you are kind, right, uh, of what's going on in their life, right? You don't need to every single day be like, hey, remember, you still suck. Yeah. Hey, remember, you still suck. Hey, remember, you still suck. Hey, remember, you still suck. It's like that's – people get tired of that Ultimately, here's the deal, right? This is We could answer this question in one fail swoop. Uh, I Go think it's it. Matthew – is it Matthew 5? The golden rule. Golden right? rule. Do unto others. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or love others the way that you want to want to be loved. Or treat others the way that you want to be treated. Like, even people who don't believe in the Bible believe in that. Because that's why it's, that's why it's called the golden rule, right? Like, you need to treat other people the way that you would want to be treated. And you need to treat other people like they're a normal human being. Yeah. Like, you don't have to go so far so out of your way. We are so bad as Christians at like understanding how to treat people as normal human beings. Yeah. Just in general, not yeah. even about this, but it's like, we're weird. We're super weird. Yeah. And we don't know how to interact with people You know sometimes. how, like, you know how Jesus, look, look at the way that Jesus uh, even trained his disciples, right? Like he invited them to come with them. And this is, I know discipleship is another level, but either way, this still uh, applies. applies. He invited them to come and basically journey with him, right. like walk around and they were sitting around a campfire. All those conversations that they had were not in the Bible. Like yeah. they were chilling, they just sit there hanging out. Mute like for... they're, they are building, <laughs> Jesus is building relationship right, with these right. guys. And the things that are like really profound, we see in the Bible. The teachings that are crazy profound, we see those things in the Bible. But there might've been some other times where they were just being friends. They were just dudes yeah. being dudes, guys being guys and hanging out and like creating this relationship. And I think that's like part of, also that he rose from the dead, but a part of the reason why these 12 started to believe, like Small detail. <laughs> started to believe in him that much more, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Because they, they had a relationship with him, with him yeah. and they knew that this guy is who he says he is because yeah. I know him like I don't know anybody else. I know him. And so- That's if what we we're just, all shooting for. Yeah, if we would just build relationships with people and live out the gospel in right. our own lives, right. then I think that, we don't have to have, and this is a good question, but we wouldn't even have questions like this if we understood that foundational element. Yeah. And like you said, we as Christians in general are terrible yeah. at this, whether it be uh, for good or for bad, like whether yeah. our intentions be great or whether our intentions be terrible, we're not very good at treating people like they're just 
people. Yeah. You know, Normal like treating people like the beings. way that we want to be treated. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's our, our lesson for you. Don't be weird. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple things that I want to make sure that they don't get lost in the sauce here. Um, I think the reason why questions like this come up is because the golden rule actually, I actually think it becomes insufficient if, so I don't think that the, 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 the great commandments can exist independent of each other. And so it is, there's a very real possibility that my view of loving others as I want to be loved is affirmation of my sin. Yeah. And so sure. I think that's where, uh, people start to fall into this <clears throat> issue right. of, okay, well, how am I supposed to tell this person that this is a sin? Because what about all the sins in my life? I right, don't want right. them to point those out. And so therefore we're going to play this yeah. uh, circular well, game. And if of we're honest with each other, that's a problem. Like if you aren't, if you're not willing to say, Hey, I think this is problematic in your life because you're afraid of them calling out something problematic in your life, in your life, that means you haven't done your due diligence first of working on your own life too. Right. Um, that's why Jesus says, let the one without stone throw the first stone, right? We need to be, and Jesus has a parable about a little speck and a big old log, right? And it's um, not that you have to get your life completely in order before you start, you know, making relationships with other people. But if you are un if you are unwilling to do that purely because you are afraid that they will call out things in your life and you're not willing to admit that, then you've got a problem with the fact that You've got sin in your life and you're not willing to admit that. That's a huge, like, just problem in general with, like, authentic and honest Christianity, right? Yeah, I mean, it's important to note. Uh, so it's actually Matthew 7. And so in Matthew 7, verse 12, it doesn't just say do, do unto others, right? It says, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. He's saying everything that you have read in the Old Testament really just leads to this here, which is the commandments that you're talking about. Like you cannot separate one from another. And it even says, he even goes on to say after that about Jesus talking about enter the narrow gate. The uh, path is wide. The gate is, right, right. you know, large to, uh, to the path of destruction. Um, but the gate you know, to life is narrow. And so like, and then he talks about tree, like trees bearing fruit. I mean, he goes through this is part of his sermon, essentially, of him saying, like, these are things that you need to live by, mm -hmm. and they all inform one another. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. The people who take the golden rule out of context, uh, they could swing the other side of the progressive pendulum and say, well, yeah, I want to be affirmed, so I'm going to affirm. When really what we should be doing is saying, like, what is best for me, not based off of your own thoughts or heart, because the heart is deceitfully sick. But what is best for me biblically? Like right. what is best for me that God says is best for me? Right. That's I, what I should yeah. want. If I'm sick, I want to know yeah. about it. You discover that vision of the ideal as a consequence of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, right, and right. strength. And so this is where when I'm speaking about sin uh, to people, what for me, what's most important is that we, we collectively maintain the vision of God's best of God's yeah, design of, of God's ideal. Yeah, yeah. I actually don't care that much whether you stop sinning because that's between you and God. I actually believe that. I really believe that the sanctification of the heart is the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. and that yeah. me having yeah, a conversation I can't stop with you. you from, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, and hence the reason why it's not really that important to bring it up over and over and over and over and over and over again. Right. And so a bad if you, habit of doing sometimes if, if what we can accomplish is we can help everyone to see the vision of the ideal of God, that that serves a couple purposes. One, it allows us to see how broken we are. Yep. 
and as pastors, and it allows them to see how broken they are. So it allows all of us to see our need for grace, which points us to Christ. And so all of these things kind of coalesce whenever you don't change who God is. But the, the moment you start to rewrite scripture in order to um, love someone, mm-hmm. you lose everything. You, yeah. you lose love, you lose grace, you lose Christ, you lose all of right, it. Right. And Yeah, well, that's what we talked about last episode is that like really the way to defeat sin, quote unquote, is to keep your eyes on Jesus, like to keep your eyes focused on the work of the cross, the resurrection and the life that Jesus provides. Like, and I mean that, cause that informs your identity. Yeah. That informs what you should believe. That informs who you are. That informs who you will be. Yeah. Like that informs everything that you need to know. If you filter everything through the cross, if you filter right. everything right. through Jesus. And so like when you're trying to support someone who might be dealing with this struggle, um, whether they know it or not, that it is sinful, the way to help them and to support them is to point them to Jesus. And so you've got to live out personally, you've got to live out your identity in yeah. Christ. What do you, what did Jesus make you? Who did Jesus make you? Yeah. Like who, how has he changed your life? Because if you tell that story, yeah. then that is what actually changes other people's lives. Yeah. But too, too often we want to, what is what Matthew 7 said and you alluded to, it's right before that we want to point out the speck, but we've got yeah. the log, yeah. you know? Oh, this person is, is having this issue, so I need to go fix them when we don't realize that we also have that issue. If we would tell the person with the speck in their eye, if we would draw attention to the log in our life, yeah, if you were like, like, what would happen? Can I tell you about how Jesus is helping me get rid of this log? Yeah. That's how you start that conversation, whatever that log is. Like, mm-hmm. that's a great way to engage in these types yeah. of conversations. Look what God has brought me through, saved me from. Can I tell you about the ways I've encountered his grace and mercy? Yeah, because honestly, like, even after all that we've said, no one wants to be told that they suck, right? Yeah. Like, like, that's not, I know that that is kind of like my just straight forward bluntness like yeah we all suck and that's what it is but no one wants to actually be told that we yeah, suck yeah, yeah. we want to we want to hear like how do you suck like i want i want to hear how bad your life is right. before you tell me how bad my life is and that's one of the ways that can be connected easily like yeah. um you know I, I think when you relate one of the things that uh, i've i've told any communicator like that I've been able to, to talk with about getting better at, communica- at communicating, um, especially speaking uh, from a pulpit is like, you need to relate this to your own life. When was a time that you had right, this problem? Right. When was a time that you dealt with something similar here? Yeah. Um, how can the, the audience connect with the story that you're telling yeah. and not just have the information Paul that you've told? Paul is a really good example of this because all throughout his letters, he makes it very well known to his people that he's writing to. He was like, I was a murderer like I put people in mm-hmm. jail. Um, I thought I loved the Lord and I was doing the exact opposite yeah. of what he wanted me to do in my zeal, right? I was arrogant. I was proud. I was all of these things. And he makes that well known to kind of establish. It's like, if God can get, if God can mm-hmm. save me from these, imagine what he could do for you. Well, think about like how profound Romans. The worst of sinners. I am the worst. Yeah. Chief like among sinners. Romans seven. Like when he When all he did. Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah. Yeah. When, when, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. When Paul talks specifically, I mean, it's so profound. And I think we forget that Paul is talking here when he says like, you know, what a wretched man that I yeah. am. Like, how dare I? Like, how, how am I ever going to be free of this sinful right, nature? Right. How can I, I what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do yeah. anyways. Like, that to me is the... Uh, the apex of yeah. Paul, like laying out who he right, has. Because he's confessing he his, his yeah. 
deep sinful Because he's not even saying this is who I used to be. Yeah, he's saying, he's I am saying, actively I'm, this yeah, now I'm this as an apostle. Right now. Yeah. And like, if you, if you remember, this is an apostle writing this to a church in Rome, then you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. even him, even yeah. Paul? And if we all had that kind of disposition, like that's the way we view other people, that's the way we view ourselves, yeah. this world would be a better place. I think we would be able to, uh, to glorify God more in that because he's glorified more in our struggle than on our triumphs. Yep. Like, yep. you know, because we can point to him and say, yeah, I do suck. I am a wretched person, but <clears throat> there is grace God and God has done this. And, and not that there's grace even for later. It's look at what he's already done. Yeah. This is, I, I am here, but look at where I would have been. Yeah, you know, look was, at where yeah. I could have been had it not been for God. Yeah. And so I just know that that's the same opportunity for you. And you don't even have to point out their sin to say, you know, you need to get rid of this X, Y, Z. Here's bullet points um, that you need to stop doing. Yeah. And then you can experience the grace of God. It's dude, if you would give yourself over to the grace of God, yeah. none of that other stuff matters because it'll be taken care of in time. Right. It will be taken as care of. As long as you fully give yourself over to God. Yeah, yeah. but just give yourself over to the fact that, that, stuff that I am the Lord's and whatever he says, I am going to effort to do. Yeah. All yeah. All you really have to do is articulate the ideal. So if, here's a good illustration. If I go to the gym with Kendall, he doesn't have to say anything about what he I'm doing to. for me to know that I suck. Like <laughs> all I have to do is watch him. Yeah. And then I know I'm how insufficient I am by <laughs> comparison. The ideal. Well, so <laughs> in his world, in his world, yeah. No, no, so so the same thing applies yeah, with right, Christ. Right. If you are faithful to teach and preach and live and articulate and, and have point to and converse yeah. about the true, authentic, actual Jesus as the ideal, the judgment will happen mm -hmm. as a consequence and you don't need to and do the judgment yours. yourself. This yeah. is what, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I have an idea, uh, go ahead. So just one last thing. Um, <clears throat> everybody always talks about presuming on the grace of God and they talk about it from the perspective of, I can sin and word, thought and deed and it's okay and it doesn't matter because grace. That's that's what the church usually talks about, presuming on the grace of God Make from that window. perspective. But uh, if you feel personally compelled to force someone away from their sin or to cleanse someone of their sin, you are also presuming on the grace of God. Because what you're saying in that moment is, if I don't pull this person away from this sin, they're going to burn. Mm -hmm. You're putting that on you. Yeah, that's you're, not you're, your role. You're completely removing the spirit of God from the equation, which I think is uh, far worse than um, you know, a person who's struggling with a particular sin. I think right. that kind of bad theology right, leads right. to no place. And nice. that doesn't mean we can't say, Hey, what I think you're doing might be wrong and leaving it that like if, if, if someone is completely mm -hmm. unaware that this might be a problem and say, yeah, I don't, this might not be the healthiest thing for you, but you don't spend every waking moment trying to be like, yeah. So like out of that. Well, for my friend, Tim, yeah. right? I didn't, I told him that one time is what I believe. Yeah. And you and didn't I, bring it up and then every I said, single day. And if you don't believe me, that's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with the fact that you don't believe me, but I'm also not going to debate you about this. This is yeah. what I believe is true. And if you want to believe that at some point, then fine. If not, I'm not gonna sit here and debate you because debating you is gonna do nothing whatsoever. Yeah, and I'm also right? not gonna think you're a horrible person well, and so, agree with me. <clears throat> excuse me. So that's like, I wanted to say like, I think, it was making me think about like how to be a, a witness and how to glorify mm -hmm. God, right? Like we think that witnessing, um, and I say we, I mean the church in general, the uh, you know the last few hundred years of Christendom thinks that witnessing is like 
shouting scriptures in the gospel from the Oak Grove. Like that is what witnessing is. Right. But that's not necessarily what no. witnessing is. Like the witness that you're supposed to be in an everyday is doing exactly what we've been laying out here is that I am, I am living for Christ so much that my life tells Speaks the story it, yeah. that, that when I, and not that like I can just go through um, as a mute and then live my life and, oh, people will know that I'm a Christian because yeah, I'm yeah. quiet. No, no, no. What conversations are you having in the middle of commonplace? Yeah. What conversations are you having in your, uh, you know, when you start to talk about how uh, maybe your friend starts talking about anxiety or stress or whatever, are you also adding yourself into that equation? Yeah, man, it's so hard. I just don't have any peace. You know, I don't know right. if you would say that specific, but I'm so anxious, blah, blah, blah. Or are you saying, yeah, you know, I do deal with anxiety, but one of the things that helps me is like prayer, you know? And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it could help you, but I know it helps me at least. And like, that is something that- That's witness. That is witness. Yeah. It's not, hey, did you know that Jesus Christ died for your sins? And if you don't start or don't stop smoking, drinking and having sex, you're going straight to hell and you're gonna burn forever. <laughs> Does that sound like fun to you? Like, no, that's not. That's Does not that what, sound like fun to you? <laughs> that's not what. That's not what we should be doing as witnesses, right? Yeah. And so, like, when we boil it all down, we have to be better witnesses. Yeah. And how do we be better witnesses? We simply live like clothed in uh, the the armor of God and living through the fruits of the spirit. Like right. having the fruits of the spirit just literally coming off every single branch. That's how that happens. And, you know, we've pointed to this all the time on the podcast. The only way that you can do that is by reading the word of God. So I think that's a great place to wrap this up. I have a question. If you were in an MMA match with Satan himself, how well do you think you'd do? <laughs> What is this even? <laughs> well, you said something okay, about well, beating <laughs> beating sin, and then it was like, oh, we're in well, a, does like he a, have, a match I mean, with sin. Does he have, like, powers? Does, or, like, <laughs> I mean, is he just a person? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> there's a lot to need he to know. He probably doesn't have a pitchfork. I'll throw that out Well, there. there's a lot to need to know in this. Like, just does whatever he have his angelic you can powers see, Whatever not? you conceive of him as. No! Are, are, you, are okay. you wearing the full armor of yeah, God? Yeah, are you wearing the full armor oh, of yeah, God? Oh, yeah, the full armor of God. I got it. <laughs> if you, wearing the righteous robes of Christ, went against Satan hey, in an MMA you know what, match, though? Joe Rogan posting it. <laughs> who, who, uh, what a podcast see, that would you know, be on the Rogan be, I mean, we kind of get, you know, if we if we get to this point, like... We are the greatest we get podcast to, for young adults in Indiana County. We're coming true. for Joe Rogan. We get to fight, uh, you know, we get to fight demons and the devils and stuff like that, like with Jesus and stuff, cut out their heads. That's what Lord of the Rings is about, right? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me about think Islam. you didn't read Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings <laughs> is uh, totally just revelation, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> not really. <laughs> um... Yeah. All kind right. Of. It's got a little. We probably should have stopped I while do, we were yeah, ahead. We should have, so we should have do, stopped when Caleb said I do quote <laughs> Lord of the Rings in my funeral sermons, though. <laughs> oh, so. wow. Okay. No, it's this beautiful moment yeah, where, where well, uh, yeah. Gandalf yeah. is talking about, like, the curtains of this ro world being rolled back, and you see this, like, new heaven and this beautiful space. The music in Lord of the Rings is phenomenal. I thought you phenomenal. I thought you were going to use the, uh, the line, you know, especially if you're not sure if they're a Christian or not, just... You shall not pass. <laughs> you shall not <laughs> pass. Oh my no, gosh. there's so many good lines in Lord of the Rings. We have like a, a day just like going. Oh, yeah, the, oh, that's how you administer great. communion. This is <laughs> this would be a great podcast episode. We should do this. We should go through like some of the those well-known books that are kind of pseudo-Christian, like Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. uh, talk through some of the cool things in Chronicles but of Narnia have to read or. <laughs> You know, you, you can just make Christian commentary. <laughs> we know the story and plot pretty well, so okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'd be fun. Scoopy doopy, as Caleb says. Yeah, scoopy doop. <laughs> okay, that's right. what it is. that's what it is. Bye, everybody. Deuces.
Thank you for listening to the Uloft podcast. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it. Also, come out and join us for a Unite every Tuesday at 7.27 p.m. This is a time of music, friends, and important teaching. You don't want to miss it. You can learn more about Unites, as well as everything else we do, by visiting unitediup.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and we will see you in the next episode.